Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Throwing Up Bricks podcast, episode 26. Can you believe it? We made it here. And I'm joined once again, as always, I'm Jared, that's Jake, and Jerome. Fourth time running. Keep it going. Yeah, yeah. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Right. And uh, Jake, you got a fact for us this Oh yeah, time? I got a fact. So in the 2018-2019 season, Lonzo Ball had more songs streaming on Spotify than made free throws. Awesome. <laughs> he made 20 free throws and had 21 bangers on his Spotify. <laughs> uh, Priorities. Yeah, bangers might be overstating it, though. Um, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I've never listened to Alonzo's song. Is he any good? I just kind of want to call I, him. I remember we, we listened to his song with Lance Stevenson last year, and it was the funniest thing ever. It was awesome. <laughs> did? Wow. <laughs> Lance Stevenson. That's a throwback name. Where'd that guy go? That's oh, a yeah. good, good guy can for pop him in that, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we're, we're coming to you on a Friday morning. I would say bright and early, but it's not. Um, <laughs> that's okay, though. We uh, had the Celtics Heat game two last night, and it was a, it was a good game. Again, another great another game. Great game. Yeah. It's just... Uh, it's what we thought coming into the series. Exactly. It's what we thought, yeah. What we were hoping exactly. for. Exactly. We just thought the outcome would be a little tighter, maybe. Yeah. Um, in terms of the series lead. So, uh, before we get into any of that, let's do our, our normal housekeeping, Jake. Housekeeping. Thank you. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can do so at email throwingupbricksjj at gmail.com. That is throwingupbricksjj at gmail.com. Where can they find us, Jake? Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Alexa, Podbean. Podbean. <laughs> I love it. Keep doing it. Uh, yeah, and tune in, right? Yeah, and I think that's only one left. Um, all right, and that's it. I guess let's just jump right into it so we don't waste any time. We'll try and make this a little more streamlined of an episode. So. Yeah. Let's hit it. All right. Let's get right into the game. So the... Heat Celtics game two of the Eastern Conference Finals. Heat down the Celtics, one hundred six to one hundred one, on the backs of Jimmy and the Dragon. Man, Jimmy and the Dragon. Just Jimmy and the Dragon. Jimmy, I like that. We should make a song. But yeah, down the stretch, Jimmy and Goran Dragic just took over for the Heat and basically just willed this this win to happen. Yeah. Um, the Celtics were up big in the first half yeah. and the heat came back with a monstrous third quarter. Uh, then the fourth quarter was back and forth, back and forth until, uh, as mentioned, Jimmy and Dragic took over. So what were your guys' takeaways from this game? Your keys to the game on, on both sides? Um, well, what helped the heat stay in it in the beginning was getting, uh, Duncan going, which they always do. They always yeah. go to him to see if he's hot or not. And then they can put, uh, uh, hero in you know depending on how he starts the game uh, but my huge key was turnovers yeah uh, the turnover yep. differential was nine to 20 so the Celtics yeah, turned the ball over twice as much especially down the stretch which we'll talk about um, I just think the Celtics couldn't take care of the ball so the Heat got more shots up even though nobody shot you know lights out this game um, except for the dragon um, <laughs> yeah that was that was big. I mean, you just can't give up twice as many uh, turnovers to the other team. Yeah, absolutely. Especially a team that you know is is so reliant on their defense. 
like mm-hmm. like the, like the Heat, like they get out and run, they generate so, a lot a lot of offense from their defense. Yep. You're just playing right into their hands, doing that. And it was a lot it really of does, yeah. bad, like almost unforced. It seemed turnovers. It was yeah. it's really weird to see from a you know a Brad Stevens team like that. It was weird because outside of that, um, the Celtics were kind of playing pretty nice, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. we had Solid game. we had another appearance from. Like to me, it looked like it was Yukon Kemba right back yeah. out there, man. He yeah. was killing it at times. Um, it's so fun to watch him when he gets in the lane. He's just got like such a tight handle and he's so small and shifty. It's just, it, it looked like shades of Yukon for me. Um, yeah. so that was cool to watch. But yeah, because it seemed like the Celtics were playing pretty good ball. And then I guess the turnovers and they, they also got beat on the offensive rebounding yeah. battle, even though they won the overall rebounding battle. Yeah. Um, they got yeah. five less offensive rebounds and then. That resulted in 18 more. That and the turnovers resulted in 18 more field goal attempts for the Heat than the Celtics. So, wow, that's huge. Even though the Celtics, you know, shot better from the field, shot better from free throws, got more free throws, um, that that field goal difference is hard to make up. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, look at I'm looking at the third quarter splits here. Uh, Heat were 14 from for 20 for 24 from the field in the third quarter. Celtics four for 12. They got half as many shots up. Let alone only making four, like that's yeah, that that's a crazy difference. The point. And that then was killer for them. Zero offensive rebounds for the Celtics. Four for the Heat. Um, like Jake was talking about, two turnovers for the Heat versus seven for the uh, for the Celtics. It was it's really tough. Jalen Brown didn't even take a shot in the third quarter. Wow. And he had three fouls. And he was actually pretty good on on the game. And then too. yeah, down the stretch he was killing it. And it, I wonder like is that just him being a little bit timid or is that just, you know, I, I wonder what that was that he didn't even take a shot in that third quarter when overall he had a pretty good game. It's very weird. I think he was not being aggressive enough. He was playing in the flow of the offense, right? Waiting for a bucket to come to him, but mm-hmm. that's not who he is. He's a scorer and he can yeah. get a shot whenever he wants. I just, it felt like in that third quarter, he along with the rest of the team was just kind of drifting yeah. and, and the defense was pushing them up towards half court and just kind of flustering them. I just don't mm-hmm. think they, they got him out of their rhythm. And that zone that, that they kept throwing out was just like, whoa, like they didn't know how to handle it almost. Yeah. So on the topic of drifting, um, I, I'm a big fan of Jason Tate, which kills me to say, but I am a big fan of his game. But I also think one of his big detractments is that he does float at times, right? Like yeah. he, he'll, he'll sometimes just kind of, I don't know, fade in the background of games and you're like, where's Jason Tatum? Why isn't he asserting his will here? Um, and I felt like at times that happened this game. Am I, am I crazy for thinking that? I thought that was like, I that was a big not, part of why the Celtics kind of lapsed in the third. I think it's not just that. It's kind of like he doesn't know when to take over and when to back off. Like he does it at the wrong times. Like like yeah. in game one in the overtime, he, he took over, but he wasn't shooting well. Like maybe that's time. Right. Okay, Kemba's hot. Let me Let me feed Kemba a little bit more. And then, like you were saying, third quarter kind of drifting when they needed him to really step up. Um, right. So it's, it's just it's still he's still in that learning process of like this is when I need to take over. This is when I need to let my like trust my teammates. And I think he still hasn't mastered that yet. Yeah, that's a good point. He's a, he's still a very young player, right? Yeah. So we're I mean we're expecting the world from these young guys, and the Celtics are one of the youngest teams out there, right? So yeah, it, it yeah it makes sense. Um, and on the other side, we've got the experience of, of Jimmy and the Dragon, right? Yeah. Where they just took over. I mean, that Jimmy stretch in the final four minutes basically says it all, right? Like in the last four minutes of, of regulation in this one, like Jimmy had 
started with an assist to Bam on that hook shot in the lane. Then he stole mm-hmm. the ball from Kemba on that amazing save along the sideline oh, yeah. he behind his back across court. And and magically, Duncan Robinson was there streaking down the other layup. And then he didn't stop. He fought right back into the play, jetted to the rim, and yeah. Duncan found him for a layup, right? And then like By a couple way, of plays that, later, he... Oh, sorry. That Go sequence ahead. just kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, prime LeBron James, uh, Dwayne Wade Heat stuff like just it really does field, yeah you know yeah. on defense just going going wild running running wild it was really cool to see it was really cool to see i mean he had three steals in the last four minutes yeah. here Huge. to ice this game and along with like that layup off that turnover he had a, a drive where he basically drove to the rim hard against i think it was tatum and then finished over what seemed like the entire celtic team right it felt like yeah. every celtic defender was in the paint there and he just finished like a lebron s sort of just i'm gonna get this yeah, um, his, and then he had closing, another. Thing. I don't think we talked about this last pod, but last game we forgot to mention all the plays he did to close that game. That corner three, yeah, and the and one. I mean, he's just he hits a different gear. It's like he yeah. he feels out the game, gets people involved. He's not hyper aggressive shooting the ball, and then in the fourth quarter he just takes over. Yeah, it's almost like he's a bizarro Paul George, where they're they're kind of similar styles of <laughs> players, but. He can yeah. shoot in the fourth quarter, and Paul George can't. <laughs> it is interesting. And then it if switches, you didn't like, Paul George game. can shoot every other quarter, and Jimmy can't. <laughs> yeah, because if you didn't watch this game, you look at the stat line, and you're like, Jimmy sucked. Like He didn't show up at all. He had 14 points on 4 yeah. of 11 shooting. But that's that's not true. Like Most no. of the game, he was just getting his teammates involved. Yeah. He was playing yeah. excellent defense He's, and like doing yeah. all the small things while not maybe scoring. And then the last four minutes, he just took over. And like yeah, he's one of those time. guys that can and, impact the game outside the the you know the stat sheet outside the yes, box score. He's playing his role as a superstar on this team. That's what makes mm-hmm. this team so good is that everybody else does their thing. It's not reliant on if their superstar can score. Yeah, he's not even their leading scorer. You know, he 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 does so much other things and lets other people hit the shots, score the points, do all that. It will make him so dangerous. Could you almost call him a superstar role player? Kind of, yeah, almost, yeah. good, yeah. Or like where he he plays most of the yeah. game as a role player and then turns into the superstar just the last five minutes or so. Yeah, right? yeah, it's yeah. it's weird. It almost and, and stick with me on this because it's not going to sound good at first, but but trust. Me. So um, it's almost Steph Curry like a little bit in the sense that he doesn't dominate the ball and the game, right? And by not doing that, you allow your teammates to elevate their game and play in the flow of the offense. And yeah. yeah. And, you know, be part of the team. Whereas yeah. the LeBron, the Kawhi, these other kind of superstars that are so ball dominant that everything just wrote, you know, uh, orbits around them. When they're not handling the ball, the team looks lost, right? Yeah. And, and this team never looks lost without Jimmy, yeah. you know, forcing the action. They look, they look pretty dang good, you know. I will so. say that when he's not on the floor, at times they can be a little uh, directionless. But yeah, you got to have Dragic out there if he's not on the floor. Yes, right? yes, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah um, exactly. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, so Jimmy's totals in that last four minutes, six points, two assists, a huge rebound in traffic, three steals, and the cold-blooded free throws to just steal, uh, yeah. seal the game there, all in the last four minutes, like just took over. And Dragic was huge too. He hit that yeah. crazy three in the last few minutes there. That was the game uh, right there. So good. Yeah, that so was good. the game. That was the dagger, like that crazy uh, shot clock beating three. That was awesome. Uh, then he hit another huge jumper too. Like he, he was just awesome. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think between, I think we hit it all. Like between the turnovers and the differential and offensive rebounding, and then just Jimmy time and Dragic down the stretch. 
that's what what turned this game yeah. to me. Um, so what? Yeah, one so, thing, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was gonna say uh, one thing I did want to talk about is uh, when the Celtics were down three, and Jalen Brown had that corner three. Like you think he's he's gonna hit this? He just hit like two huge threes coming down the stretch. Yeah. Like he's got to hit a corner three wide open. But I think I'm wondering if because I was watching that play and Bam didn't complete the closeout. He kind of he he looked like he was going to, and then he stopped. Do you think that maybe threw Jalen Brown off? Like this guy's I'm gonna have to shoot over this guy, and then he didn't he didn't he didn't jump, and then he he shoots it long. Like do you think that that had anything any part of it? Like almost like a reverse defense like the absence of something you're <laughs> thinking of like that was going to be there and then it's not there and it kind of throws you off or is that just him just missing a shot yeah i, I wonder that all the time because sometimes like I, I know this is a horrible analogy but you'll have to stick with me um like when i'm playing pickup ball sometimes in my head i'm always wondering like should i go and close out on the shooter or should i just like kind of wave my hand at them and be like yeah whatever i don't believe in you mm-hmm. is that mental game that you play or or in this example is the the fake close out, you know, kind of closing out, but not really that hard. And in, in, mm-hmm. in the absence of what you expect, does that mess with the shooter mentally more so than maybe closing out where they know, okay, this guy's just going to fly by me, not actually, you know, block my shot. So mm-hmm. just like normal, I can shoot this. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know the answer to that. I think that as NBA players, I don't think that it matters what, if you close out or not. Okay. I mean, they do this all the time in, in all different types of scenarios. I don't think that that made any difference really. Okay. Yeah, but, but that was a killer that miss because yeah. they they needed that to stem. The, he was the so tide. hot too. That, that, I was, was surprised when he missed it. Knock that one down for sure. So I was like, that's yeah. the the widest open shot the Celtics got that whole quarter. And I guess that's the difference. Like the Celtics need to kind of be stroking it and be on fire in crunch time for them to yeah. win in that game, whereas the Heat just bullied their way into it. Like Jimmy just forced steals and got yeah fast break opportunities, yeah. right? Or he just forced his way to the free throw line. Like it was like. I'm not going to leave this up to hot shooting. I'm going to force the issue and make us win this game. And that, is, that yeah. aggression led to shooting because in the third quarter, Jay Crowder exactly. finally hit a couple shots. Yeah, uh, he finally got going. Duncan yeah. kept being consistent in his shot throughout the game. Drogic was able to do his thing. Even when Tyler Hero struggled uh, shooting the ball, he still did everything else. He still got nine boards as a 6'2 guard or whatever how yeah. tall he is. I, just, I love that dude's demeanor. His He's energy, just always yeah. locked in. Nothing phases him. He's always going to take that shot. Uh, th- this team's just awesome. Just the way they play, it's it's like yeah. they're never out of the game. It really is. Yeah. So before we move on, I want to ask you guys, what is your outlook? Actually, let's let's first start with those remarks after the game about loud noises from the oh, Celtics yeah. locker room. Like, I don't know. Personally, I don't put much stock into this. I think it's just like, I don't know. You hear what you normally wouldn't hear in the bubble because yeah. there's there's no fans there's no noise you're able to just sit outside the locker room with no ambient distraction noise and you can hear all the yelling and stuff that goes on inside a normal locker room but but i don't know what do you guys think about the remarks about chairs being thrown and people yelling i think it's good um, it shows that they I care think, you know you, you, you yeah. if you go down 2-0 and you're just like oh well you know we'll get them tomorrow like that's not exactly what you want to hear from it from you know uh, high level athletes you want to you want to he, he uh you know you want them to have that passion you want to say this is this is you know this is bs like we gotta uh you know we, we gotta step it up like we gotta step up our game and this this that and like you want to get air that out um you don't want to be passive aggressive about it either where, where like we, these guys are all leaving thinking everyone else 
is messing up and like you know you know what i mean like it's, it's good to air it out it's good that they have these emotions and to get them out i think it's a good thing yeah i agree i think that's what should happen when you're down 2-0 in the eastern conference finals to a team that you might think is is inferior to you i just think it's dumb that the media has to report that why do you have to do that can anything stay in the locker room anymore does everything have to be a story and then the players have to address it it's the same thing with with everything in the world right now everything is just overexposed you can't do anything behind closed doors i think it's dumb that the media would do that all it does is create turmoil when i'm sure it was a positive a net positive in the locker room yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, i also just don't think it's that big a deal i feel no, like this happens not. in locker rooms all the time like this is not out of the ordinary this yep. is what happens when you're you're down in a series you get angry and you get frustrated and you air your frustrations and you try and spark a, a fire under people right like these are all yep. normal things i didn't even think it was report worthy yeah um and also that's where you do it it's different if it's yeah. like oh jalen brown said this in the press conference and like marcus smart said that or like on the bench they were getting into it like that's where you do it. You do it in the locker room, you know? So I think, mm, exactly. I think it's a, it's a non-story. Yeah. To me, it was more like the media had nothing else to report on because all of a sudden they only had like two series going on. So they're like, Oh, we'll just report on yelling that we heard from outside of a door. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what? what's your guys' outlook on the rest of the series, given this, mm. the history of two O leads, which I think teams that go up to O win the series, I don't know, something like 82% of the time in the NBA yeah. history. It's it's really tough to say because these games have been so close. It's not like, you know, Miami Heat are clearly controlling the series. It is just kind of, you know, a couple bounces this way, a shot goes in, you know, things like that. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna stick with Celtics winning, but now I'm, gonna, I'm pushing to seven. I'm saying Celtics in seven. Uh, I'm going with my Heat just because I understand it's the bubble. Anything can happen. It wouldn't be a surprise, a huge surprise to me if the Celtics come back and win this series. But just watching the Heat, I've intently watched every Heat game throughout this playoffs. And even when they're down, like they were down 13 or something in this game, I believe, Mm -hmm. I never feel, I never get the vibe that they're in trouble at all. They they play the same way, um, same intensity. But what what, what puts them ahead, in my opinion, is Spolstra. I think he Mm -hmm. is the right now is the most experienced and best coach in the playoffs in terms of adjustments. He's the only coach I see that makes huge adjustments. A game-to-game, Vogel has shown that he's going to change it up. But during the game, unlike what I saw from Doc Rivers, he assesses the situation and then makes a quick tweak, into the, tells the players to make one thing, they do it, and it changes the whole dynamic of the game. Like with the zone, mm-hmm. I think that was the kicker. That's why they won this game. They threw in that zone. It, it pushed the Celtics up a few feet didn't let them get into their offense and get easy shots, uh, made them penetrate into weird rotations they weren't used to. And then his ability to coach player minutes as well, when he sees none is struggling, none is not doing anything you know of noteworthy, he says, all right, that's fine. We'll just play our two guards the rest of the game. That's, that's a quick adjustment. It's one game. We'll, we'll figure it out. So that's why I trust the Heat. Especially Jimmy. I I think Jimmy is going to will this team in the fourth quarter to two more wins. Speaking on that zone, I I think one thing I'm seeing from the Celtics is they do a good amount of early shot clock off ball movement and then they kind of just stand there. Like I think they gotta keep moving off ball, especially in the zone, you know, try to find those holes and and and, you know, cut to the basket or like, you know, make just subtle adjustments. Like I I remember there's one play that Duncan Robinson did that was so that was so nice where he he was kind of he was in the corner but not like all the way in the corner 
and he saw that Jason Tatum was not paying attention to him, he just kind of takes a couple steps to the left, ball kicks out to him, Jason Tatum takes one wrong step to where he used to be, and then that's all he needs, and he, and he drains it. And Whereas Celtics are just kind of staying stagnant, not even those little adjustments. So when they're getting the ball kicked out to them, the defender knows exactly where they are. It's just little things like yeah. that that the Heat do a little bit better than the Celtics right now. But Brad Stevens is a very obviously a great coach, so he can make those adjustments. That's why I think I do still think Boston has a little bit more. Yeah, I I don't disagree with anything that you guys just said. I I'm going to stick with my Heat pick that I, I started before the series. I don't remember what your guys' original picks. You you had Celtics in six, I think. I think Jerome, we both had did you have Celtics in, in seven? Yeah. I oh you bought Celtics. Them, I thought I picked the Heat. Oh, oh, did you? you? The, well, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm confident yeah. that I picked the Heat. Okay, I had something. Maybe you did, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna stick with my my Heat pick, but I'm advancing it from seven. I'm putting it down to six. I think okay. the Celts might take two in the next games, but I, I think they'll they'll split the next four. Base, uh, sorry, they'll split. Yeah, they'll split the next four, and then uh, Heat'll go with go on. We'll move on back in the finals yeah. since first time since LeBron led them yeah. there. So that'll be that'll be nice. A franchise, yeah. a, a franchise to survive the LeBron era. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be yeah, good. one of the only ones. Yeah. All right, so let's move on. Um, right. Next on the, on the docket here, we've got the All NBA team. So the NBA came out with their All NBA teams finally that the the media and the writers and all those guys have voted on. So, what did you guys think of this? So just actually to recap here for the listeners, uh, the All NBA first team ended up being James Harden and Luca at the guard spots. Giannis, LeBron, and AD uh, at forward, forward, and center spots for a first team. Uh, second team was Dame and Chris Paul at the guards, then Kawhi and Siakam at forward with Jokic at the center, and the third team was Ben Simmons, Russell Westbrook at guard, then Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler at forward, and Rudy Gobert as the center. So among the players that missed the cut, Chris Middleton, Joel Embiid, Bradley Beal, Kyle Lowry, some some other guys I'm sure that we can talk about. What are what are your guys' biggest snubs here? What what are your biggest bones to pick with this? I would say honestly, my only main thing is Joel Embiid should have been in, I think, over Rudy Gobert. Just Rudy Gobert is just a little bit too one dimensional for me. I think to be really an all NBA team, like they're saying he's the third best at that position. Um, you gotta give me a little bit more than, you know, just lobs on offense. Um and Joel Embiid can he can shoot a little bit from the three. He's a great post player offensively, and he's a good defensive player as well. Um, but other than that, I really don't have. I think this was one of the better uh, you know voting that I've seen. I think everyone pretty much ended up where they where they you know in, in a reasonable place to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. With you. I think we talked about before the pod. The first team is exactly how we would see it. Yeah, um, they voted Anthony Davis as a center because. I believe you could play the majority of your minutes there and get it, which I'm still skeptical about because I don't think that's true. I think he played mostly powerful. But regardless, I think that's the right thing to do. It's down the line a little bit. Um, I kind of – it's hard for me because I got to remember what the season was like before COVID and remember how players yeah, were right. playing in the storylines. So that makes it a little difficult. Uh, but I think they nailed most of it. My only gripe is uh, Russell Westbrook – or maybe Ben Simmons making that guard spot instead of uh, uh, Bradley Beal. I just think Bradley Beal had an insane season. He was mm-hmm. one of the best scorers, best playmakers at that two spot. Um, and he only received, let me see. 
32. He only, yeah, he only received 32 points, which is mm-hmm. insane. I, I just, votes, yeah. as good as Westbrook was down the stretch of the season, I think that the games missed by injury and his underperformance to start the season shouldn't qualify him at that third spot. Um, but I think regardless, I think everything else is pretty good. I mean, it's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm mostly with you guys. I'm, I'm glad, just like you talked about, I'm glad that they voted um, to stretch the rules a little bit on that first team because I, I also think technically AD had the majority of his minutes at power forward, but I think he deserves to be that center. That's exactly how I would pick the first team. Luca at a guard spot, even though some people think he's a forward. Uh, because I think those are the five best players in the league this year. And I think that what needs to be uh, reflected in that first team. So I'm really happy about that, that they, they stretched mm-hmm. the positions a little bit um, and weren't so robotic about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm with you as well, Jerome, on the Rudy Gobert thing. It's hard. I'm trying not to be biased by COVID because remember, the, the writers were instructed to not take into account the bubble play oh, okay. when they did these votes, right? So that's not supposed to count at all what we saw in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a little hard to remember what the, like Jake said, what the league was like before that. Yeah, but yeah, um, a long time ago now. So, so maybe Rudy Gobert did deserve it. Maybe I'm just misremembering and, and biased yeah. based on his bubble performance. But yeah, I, I could see Joel Embiid being more deserving over that because for most of the year, he was the driving force of that Philly team. So yeah. I, I kind of agree with you there. Um, I, and just objectively, you would say he's more dominant, right? I mean, he's yeah. almost as good as Rudy defensively, and he brings way more offensively. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And I, I take a little bit – I know you guys disagree with me on this, but I take a little bit issue with Siakam being on the second team. And I know you're going to say that, well, I'm doing the exact opposite of what I just said. I'm taking into account the bubble play. But I don't think I am. <laughs> I, think, I, I think people are voting for Siakam based on what he did the first month and a half-ish of the season where he was lighting the league on fire and he was an MVP candidate. Um, but then after that, he really kind of fell off and was playing sort of bubble like almost for about a, a month and a half stretch there um, before the season went on hiatus because his his average in points and scoring and his efficiency and everything was sky high at that beginning. And then it kind of fell off to, to crater where it ended up averaging around like, I don't know, 23, 25 mm-hmm. points, something like that. Um, so I think it's a little weird that he's on here and Kyle Lowry isn't given that We've seen how important Kyle Lowry yeah. is to this team and that Siakam is really not the leader yet um, and not the most important player. So that, that was a little bit weird to me. But I guess based on how you have to vote, you have to have guards and forwards mm-hmm. and centers and stuff. You can't really – I can't argue for Lowry over Chris Paul or Damian Lillard yeah. on the second team. I can't – and and I could see how people would say I can't argue for him over Russell Westbrook or Ben Simmons. Um, personally, I think maybe he's a little more deserve. well, I don't know. Russ had a really great, great stretch, right? Um, so it's kind of hard to argue Russ not being there. I don't know. So, it's tough for me. I wish Lowry was on the list, but I don't see a way mm-hmm. to fit him in. So he, here's a question about Siakam, though. Did When his points kind of dropped off, did that affect negatively affect the team? Because maybe the argument can be made that, you know, that's something that he, that, like, helped other guys get involved and made the team better. Um, I don't know. That's not a question. That's not a question I'm I'm asking, knowing the answer. I'm just I'm just wondering. Yeah, if that could yeah. be the case, because if not, if it didn't affect the team, if it actually maybe made them play better for him to score a little bit less, maybe maybe that's a good thing instead of a bad. Yeah, thing. yeah, it could be good for overall. Um, I, from what I remember, and again, I'm also like just this is just clawing back in the memories. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, from what I remember, he just his efficiency dropped off a cliff. Okay, um, and that's why he was scoring less. Gotcha. Um, okay. 
because he came out on fire that first month. I mean, he was a, a bonafide, you know, top three MVP candidate those, mm-hmm. that first month. Like he was on fire. And you know what? Maybe we just need to reward that and not really care that he fell off eventually from that mm-hmm. meteoric spot. So, um, yeah, overall, I, I don't have much. I generally, I have one more thing. I generally mm-hmm. think that they do a good job, the, the media and the, and the analysts, whoever votes on this, um, and I'm usually okay with it, but who voted for Andre Jummond on the second team? I want to somebody know. did think, that. Yes, I, I think <laughs> these people that make these outlandish things, like Brooke Lopez for the third team, I think they need to be identified, and I need they they have to have their credentials taken away. Oh wow! But besides, yeah, that, pretty solid. Vote. Wow, maybe that maybe is, a, uh, maybe a Cleveland guy or a Detroit guy. That's really bad. <laughs> no, okay, I, I, I have one more thing. So. Oh my God. This might be the most amazing stat is LeBron James setting the record for most all NBA teams, which I don't see ever being broken. And that's 16, uh, 13 first teams. Uh, I just, in his 17th season that baffles, that baffles me. The dude only missed it his rookie year and he squeaked in last year, even with the injury on the third team. Uh, I think this speaks to his greatness and why he's number two all time it's just his longevity and his consistent greatness year after yeah. year after year yeah. that that's insane i don't know how one does that and he's still he's showing no signs of stopping right yeah crazy it really so, is it, it, it's insane man yeah he's so good um so getting back to the um to the kind of the, the uh bradley beal snub here um do you think that the all nba voters have a responsibility to make up for all-star snubs because he also got snubbed from the all-star game because yeah. these are things that will end up kind of impacting a player's legacy down the line like a lot of times you don't remember you, you don't you don't look back at uh you know kareem abdul jabbar and say oh well in this year like his uh, when he got his in his third all-star appearance he did this it was because of this this is you know you know what i mean it's just like okay in his career he had all these all-stars he had all these you know what i mean so it's it's like it's I think they kind of should take that into account and say, wow, this guy got snubbed from the all-star game. He should have made the all-star game. Maybe I should vote for him for, thir- you know, you know what I mean? I, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing that they should do or, or if it's not, what do you guys think? I think maybe both of those instances, the all-star voting and this uh, all NBA voting is I think people were taking too much stock in winning, which I don't mm-hmm. think that, is the key factor when voting on these teams. It's the best players. It's yep. the best performances. So I think maybe he got docked a little bit for how bad the Wizards were, but he w- he put up a phenomenal season. And you can't deny that. Yep. And I just think it's, so, it also speaks to the quality of players that we have in the league, that somebody that averages 30 and 6 doesn't make an all-star or all-NBA team. Yeah, fair enough. And But I'm going to push back here. So I was going to be quiet on the Bradley Beal thing because I think I have an unpopular opinion here, but... <laughs> Um, but now that you guys are pushing so hard on it, I got to push back. I got, I got to be the devil's advocate. Um, I think this is the right decision because granted Jake. Yeah. Maybe they put a little too much stock in the win loss record. Although I do think they should take that into account in somewhat. I mean, all these other guys were on winning good teams and he was on one of the worst teams in the East in a week East, you know, East that Indiana was missing basically all of its guys at some point in the season. Right? Like, the Nets had nobody for a while. Like, h- how were the Wizards this bad? 
Um, and the answer is that defense. And I think this is the key. And this is why Bradley Beal shouldn't be included. He gave up on defense. He stopped playing defense. Right. Now, whether you want to argue that's because his team wouldn't play any defense and he didn't see a reason to play defense that nobody else was going to. Sure. I get it objectively. Like, why are you going to try when no one else is trying around you? And individually, even if he had tried on defense, that probably wouldn't have made much of a difference to their record. However, the fact remains that he stopped playing defense. He gave up because he's been a plus defender in the past. And he just he was garbage this year. He was absolute trash. If you watched any Wizards game, you saw that Bradley Beal went the Harden route and just stopped caring about defense. Um, and I think we should hold that up against him because his team was losing. He didn't play any defense. And admittedly, he's an amazing offensive player. But when you add those two huge negatives up, I don't think he deserves the nod over guys like Ben Simmons, uh, who, who tried all year. And even Russ, even though I don't like Russ at all, he at least tries every possession of every game. So I'm going to give the nod to those guys every day of the week. Okay. That's a good point. Yeah, I can't argue with fair. that. Yeah. All right. I got a little fired up there. Let me calm down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, one more kind of kind of on this topic. We saw this morning, news came out that Giannis did indeed get his back-to-back MVPs here. He mm-hmm. won his second straight MVP award over LeBron like most people anticipated. Do you guys have any pushback on this? I mean, it it looks really bad given how these playoffs have gone. Yeah. But I'm I'm trying to be objective and think, okay, it's a regular season award, and during the regular season, by far, Giannis was the best. You know, he he deserved this award. So mm-hmm. I'm going to pose this question to you: Was it a poor choice or just poor timing on the part of the league? Yeah, I would say it's poor timing. Um, I really, I still think it, they should go back to how they used to do it. You know, just during during the second round. I like the um, the the old uh, you know Hakeem just dressing down David Robinson because David Robinson got the MVP <laughs> when they were playing each other uh, or was yeah. awarded it. That, that's awesome. You don't get moments like that anymore because I think they they now they switched it to after the playoffs. And I know this is a, a weird year, but they should really switch it back to a little bit earlier because it's very unlikely that the guy they give the MVP to will lose in the first round. You know what I mean? So. Right. It's probably always going to still be in the playoffs when you, if you award it in the second round. Um, so I, th- I think it's just a bad timing thing. Yeah, yeah. I think they should have just released everything at once like they usually do. Um, I think, right? Isn't that what they do? They release all the end. That is normally they, they have an award show. Yeah, yeah they, they do they that at the end. Everything at oh, once. Okay. I kind of like the release it over time, but I think they should have moved it up a lot because yeah. it's a regular season award. They were instructed to not take into account the bubble anyways. So why haven't they been releasing it earlier? I mean, did it take them this long to tally votes? Really? Is that what we're expected to believe? Like, I, I'm with you. I think they should release it earlier because if you don't, you end up in this exact situation yeah. where you release it after the playoffs or, or way deep into the playoffs when the guy's eliminated and you open yourself up to criticism. Yeah. It's like, I don't yeah. know. I, just do I'm wondering, should they have just done it like the week leading up to the restart? If they already maybe they should have. If they weren't even going to include the bubble, they should have done it way earlier. Yeah. You're right. They shouldn't have even. Yeah. And that kind of revamps interest in the NBA as you're coming back into a weird kind of exactly. second season almost. To talk about something yeah. to talk yeah. about. Good yeah. Point. Um, I I've become disillusioned with the MVP. It definitely means <laughs> something. It definitely should be awarded to certain people, but it's I don't know. Maybe they should change the name because MVP is rough. If MVP is the most valuable player. LeBron James would have won MVP like the past eight out of 10 years. Probably. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's yeah. the hard part about it. And, and it usually goes to one, a historic season like Westbrook two uh, or Harden uh, when he scored 30. 
Wait, he didn't even win it last year when he scored 37, so never mind. No, he um, honest didn't. Yeah. But I, I guess you couldn't uh, – I wanted it to go to LeBron because I think he deserved it. He changed his play style. He led the best – who I think is the best team in the league, maybe not best record-wise, but I see why Giannis got it. They put up a historic performance mm-hmm. before the shutdown in terms of pace, um, winning percentage stuff, blah, 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 blah. So they were one of the most dominant teams statistically in NBA history. So I get it. He needs the award. Um, but I don't know. It, do- it doesn't go to the best player in the league, in my opinion, every year. It goes to no. whoever put up a best performance and storyline based and stuff like that. So maybe they need a different yeah. award for who's actually the best player in the league. Yeah, maybe they so do. LeBron more awards. Award. Let's get more awards out here. Let's do more. <laughs> I will. I will <laughs> slightly disagree. Um, I think it. I think MVP, most valuable player. It's. It is. It's a great award, and because everyone kind of knows who the best player is. And the best player doesn't really mm-hmm. change, so there's not really a reason to just keep giving LeBron James the best player every, like year after year after year, or like you know when he retires the next man up. Like that's not something that changes every year. However, okay. the MVP is something that changes every year. It's the most valuable player that season. So I think the way you want to look at it is, you know, if you say this was this year was at and this is their at their current ages was. LeBron's first season in the NBA, he's never done anything else. We've never seen him do anything. And if it was Giannis's first year in the NBA, never seen him do anything else, I think clearly you say, okay, this guy, this Giannis guy is clearly MVP. Came out of nowhere. This is way, you know what I mean? Where you can't sure. really take into account the past stuff, which just, kind of goes into best players, is okay. every, is the whole body of work. True. That's yeah. a good point. And right. as a as a Laker fan, as a LeBron fan, which you know, I've gone back and forth on that fandom over the years, but I'm currently very much a LeBron fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will freely admit that Giannis deserves this. I think it's a clear choice. I, I would have voted for Giannis given the chance. Uh clearly I don't have that chance because I'm not that important. <laughs> one day. Uh, but yeah, maybe one day. Yeah. Um but yeah, I clearly Tell your friends about the podcast. Yeah, get throwing up bricks a vote. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, I clearly would have voted for Giannis because he had by far the most impactful season. The problem yeah. is, is indeed the uh, how people take the MVP and yeah. what they take it to mean because it really doesn't mean the most valuable player. It means the best player, the most outstanding player this year, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, the guy who performed yeah. the best. Well, um, if that's the which, case, then then Harden should have two MVPs. No. Yes. <laughs> if, that's, no, if you, if what you just said is the definition of the award, I will not give Harden the MVP. Won it when Steph won his first MVP. No, yeah, he should have won that. You're right, and there's always mistakes, and there's going to be mistakes with awards, man. That's just that's just what happens. Mm-hmm. But what we do need to alter our thought process and think of it more of a as a regular season award because. Yeah. And even even thinking of that, there's still mistakes. I mean, yeah. Derrick Rose shouldn't have won the MVP that year. That should have been LeBron's. People just got voter fatigue and they stopped voting for LeBron. Um, he was better than Derrick Rose that year, but Derrick Rose the new, you know, sp- spicy shiny toy. Um, so like, well, you know, it happens. But I, whatever. That's that's something I might disagree with there is because well, Derrick Rose okay. that Be team wrong. actually had a lot of a lot of injuries and was less talented than the Miami team, and they still had a better record because of Derrick Rose's play that year. Than the Miami Heat, because um, I think his second best player is Carlos Boozer, you know, um, and he was, and also Carlos Boozer was injured that year. Um, yeah, Joe Joaquin King, Noah man. was injured that year. Also, he had like some some hand or I think some wrist. Some he had some injury. He was out for a lot of that year, and and those are your those are your two three guys. Whereas who's LeBron's two three guys? 
that year. It's Wade and Bosch, and they still didn't yeah. have a better record than Chicago. And it is a regular season award, you know. So I, I, I think that is a little bit. It's not as you know shut and dry as everyone thinks thinks were, or like as we as we tend to think, like oh LeBron like got robbed that year. I think it was re- it was definitely reasonable to give um, Rose the, the MVP that year when you um, factor in the, the other things that were happening, like the injuries on his team, the you know better record that he had still. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I guess philosophically, I just always I always take issue when people throw arguments into MVP conversation that aren't focused on the player itself when they're like, oh, but the team around him. As soon as people say that, I'm like, why are we talking about the team around the person when we're talking okay. about the MVP? Um, um, but then. You, 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 Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay, I was gonna say. Um, well, you you hear these guys every every time the MVP um, makes a speech. It's always like, you know, I want to thank my teammates. Like these are the guys that you know that made this happen. Like even Kobe and his MV, he's like considered like, oh, he's the selfish guy. Even his MVP speech, um, which also that's a false narrative. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. even like he was say saying that. like, oh, these. You, 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 um, these guys all put in the work this summer to make me look better, to make this team better. Um, and he, he even said this is really a truly a team award. So um, it, it, I think you do have to take into account all, like the, all the other factors that are going on in that season, not just like, okay, let's look at these stats in a vacuum. Yeah, but I think that's where Jacob's arguing, right? He's arguing that MVP shouldn't be that. It shouldn't okay. be as, as team oriented. It shouldn't be like that. It should reward the guy who everybody knows is the best, which I don't know. I thought this year Giannis was the best regardless of team situation. I okay. thought he brought the most defensively, offensively, just all across the board. He affected the game in ways that nobody else did because, you know, guys like LeBron took plays off, you know, like LeBron yeah. probably could have been the MVP, but he didn't. I mean, he locked in defensively a lot more this year, but not to the former all defensive team level that he's, you know, been mm-hmm. able to do um and he just can't because he's too old so yeah i don't know i'll put my last two cents okay the flaw the you can look at the flaw of mvp by one simple stat and i love steve nash to death but steve nash has two mvp yeah. awards and kobe, kobe and Shaq both have one each <laughs> all i gotta say all right yeah yeah one thing i would say is mvp is kind of a young man's award um, where it's like the guy that has more energy that can gun it for the whole season, he's gonna he's probably gonna win it. Whereas the older, like a guy like LeBron, if he if he tried to, he, like he could win it, but then he'd have nothing left for the playoffs, you know. Um, so it, it's just a matter of priorities, and usually young guys are have the energy and and are like they're hungry. Like I want yeah. I want my validation. I'm gunning for oh. the, I'm gunning right now. Whereas LeBron's like I'm gunning for a championship. I don't really care about the regular season, <laughs> you know. Yeah, right, I saw right. a great, uh, like a meme, I guess, where it was LeBron and Giannis sprinting and they're trying to reach for the MVP trophy. And Giannis grabs it and he stops running and then he looks and LeBron's still running and he's chasing a goat uh, like over the pass. Yeah. Uh, so I think I don't, I don't think LeBron cares at all. I think oh, he, yeah. he, he's just, he, the only thing he has that will put him above Mike is another couple championships. So that's all he cares about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it would have been almost historic if LeBron won this year. Um, he would have entered the the top. I think he would have been second all time in in terms of the oldest to win, or maybe third. I don't I don't know exactly how old Jordan was at age thirty five that season because Jordan did win at age thirty five MVP, just like LeBron would have this year, right? Um, I just don't know day wise like who would have been older, but the oldest is a uh, 
Karl Malone? Mr. Kareem, right? Oh, Kareem. Okay. Yeah. Really? Oh, no, 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 no. Right. Sorry. I'm reading this wrong. So. It was Karl Malone. You're right. Yeah. Karl Malone earned it as 30, yeah, I thought it was uh, 98, 35 right? and it was later in the year than Jordan. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Kareem, sorry. Kareem is number three. With, at, at, he won his last one at 33 years old. Um, okay. Yeah. So hey, yeah, still he would have been either second or third. All LeBron was second in MVP voting at age 21 and then now at age yeah. 35. So yeah, that just puts his insane 14 year stretch, man. Just ridiculous. All right. Wow. Well, uh, we had another couple topics on here, but I guess we kind of wanted to keep this podcast a little shorter. So we'll just keep kicking them down the road. Probably. <laughs> We're keeping, yeah, that's fine. No problem yeah, with that. We'll get to them one day. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay I, yeah <laughs> i think we did a good job i i, I enjoyed this and i, I yeah. like doing a deep dive on these one games um i think that's, oh, yeah, that's a good strat sure. so let's keep doing that and Let we us did know have what like you think legit other topics too with the you know we did yeah yeah it's important to talk NBA about the snubs. And, MVP and stuff yeah love talking snubs yeah for sure um all right so here we are on a friday with the lakers and the nuggets play tonight game one of that series kicks off uh God kicks off. I guess I'm in football mode now. Um, saying terms like that, but yeah, we'll we'll stay tuned for that, and we'll come back to you on. What do you guys want to do? Sunday or Monday? What do you, what are you feeling here? I'm good with Sunday. Yeah, Sunday? We'll, we'll, uh, I'll let you guys know. I'm not sure. I might need to do Monday okay. again, but we'll see. All right, all right, we'll all figure right. it out. Yeah. yeah, we'll figure it out, and we'll we'll come back to you on Sunday or Monday. And uh, yeah, good luck to the Lakers. Let's go. And that's all I've got. Any final remarks from you guys? Get a Words boo. of wisdom. Um, Get a boo from quick, Jake. quick prediction. 116-108 Nuggets. Wow. 116-108 Nuggets. He thinks it's a feel-out game, folks. Right. Let's yep. see if he's right. See. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.